0: So I've been uh, grappling a little bit with what I should call this message. But last week, all I kept on hearing was George say, guard your heart above all else. Above all else, guard your heart because out of it flow the issues of life. And uh, I've had a 20-odd year journey of wanting to really fully understand the heart. Because the heart is not the spirit, the heart is not the soul. The heart is independent on its own, and uh, when we find out the heart and the operating system of the kingdom within our hearts, all the puzzle pieces start coming together, and uh, I could call this message understanding the heart, but actually I felt when I was discussing it after the first service, it's actually an inconvenient truth. Inconvenient why is because you're responsible for your heart, and uh, so that's what I want to share on this morning. Uh, the the beauty of us as believers in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is no longer outside of us. The kingdom of God is no longer at hand, even though it uh, can be working through our hand, but the kingdom of God is now within us. Everything, friends, I want you to hear this, because everything that God has done, he's done already in Christ. And he's placed this kingdom within you. You see, when you got born again, he gave you a new heart and a new spirit. And the spirit of God is, communicates to us in and through our spirits, the new creation. And we experience that through our soul realm or our mind, our will and our emotions. And that then manifests in how we live our lives. But what he's done, is done in you already. It may be lying dormant right now. But it's within you. If you've believed on Jesus, the kingdom of God, all the resources of the kingdom of God, the very display of God's nature and his character, all are abiding in you right now. And he says to us, guard your heart above all else, because out of it flow the issues of life. So what is this heart? If it speaks of us having to take such responsibility over something that we need to maybe discover what it is. And why do we actually act in certain ways? You see, friends, we can come to church meetings and it's good because it's truth that changes our hearts. It changes our minds because your mind is the filter of what establishes your heart. So we come into a place of worship and declaration. You experience the tangible presence of God. You hear the declarations of truth. It must change and penetrate your heart. We can rise above the level of our hearts. I can have an incredible revival meeting where all of us are being physically touched and changed by God. But unless you take responsibility of your heart, you're still going to wake up the same the next day. You might, you could have a three month profound experience with God, but if we don't take responsibility for seeing him, who he is and what he's accomplished in Jesus and who you now are and start appropriating that truth to your heart, you will then revert to a default setting because we haven't changed our minds yet, even though we are different. We are changed. Once we're born again, what's the point? of still thinking the same, still speaking the same, and because that outworks it in our actions when we are completely different. And and this is what you're going to consistently, that's why I love this place. Because I'm hearing truth that's penetrating my heart, penetrating my old mindsets. The truth of the word of God is infiltrating, getting into my mindset that I want to hang on because I want to live that out of a heart that's completely persuaded of truth. So this is what the scripture says. And before I say that, I've got a little note I wrote in worship. All lasting change happens out of our heart level. We can have moments of change, but all lasting change has come through the heart and that becomes effortless change. So this is what it says in a couple of verses, uh, a couple of different translations. In the ESV it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts, the message says. NIV, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. New King James, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And I'll explain that word issues in a little bit. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life, the New Living Translation says. Webster says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it is the wellspring of life. And Darby says it this way, keep thy heart more than anything that is guarded, for out of it are the issues of life. When Jesus says to us how we need to love, he says, need to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. Why? Because that's how he loves us. See, God's a heart God. And uh, if we don't understand that he's a hard God, we, we try and get everything that we desire and want from him, from the kingdom in an external way. But actually the discovery of this beautiful thing called the way Christianity is that he places all the resources of himself within us. You see, that's how phenomenal the blood of Jesus is. That he can come and cleanse you that beautifully, You become that pure that He Himself, God the Holy Spirit, will come and live and abide in you. So much confidence He had in the blood of Jesus. The propitiation, the satisfaction. God is completely satisfied with the work of Christ. You and I just need to start agreeing with what God is satisfied with. You are no longer the old, you are the new. But Rich, when's that going to start outworking itself? When you decide and when you choose and when you agree about what God says about who you are and your future instead of the meditation of consistently looking at your past and what other people have done. That's why it's an inconvenient truth because you and I are responsible. You and I are responsible. Can we put that first diagram up? I'm going to do a little... Biology, science, theological little study here quickly. So theologians all agree that's, that's who we are as believers, okay? You were born with a spirit that might not have been changed and transformed. That happens when you're born again, but we're spirit, soul, and body. Now, like your body has five senses, so does your spirit man. So does your spirit man. It says this. For example, hear the voice of the Lord if you have ears to hear and eyes to see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Smell the sweet aroma. And just a few references. Often we've had incredible moments of worship where um, we would smell different things in the room. We'd smell roses and it links to the rose of Sharon. We'd, the lily would smell lilies. lily of the valley would smell... Different uh, fragrances of God because sometimes that's the way He manifests Himself when we're in agreement with Him and about Him in worship. So He manifests Himself differently like that. Uh, It's it's a beautiful thing, and it's to set our sails and our senses and our heart of affection to what He wants to do in those times. And uh, as I've said to you, spiritually, when I was walking from customs coming back from the States, there's a 50-meter walk to meet the family. I literally smelled the enemy's breath. I, I heard him so clearly in the barrage and, and, and this intimidation of, well, what now? And he, So it, it, it's, if you've experienced that, you'll know what I'm talking about. But spiritually, we've got senses. Uh, there's more senses, but what matters is that our spirit, which gives us contact with the spiritual world. Have you ever been on a mission trip and you go into uh, rural India, you go to any form of rural place where there's spirituality, but it's mixed up with a lot of witchcraft, you'll experience that more than you would experience it in a Western context because we hide behind a lot of things. But it's still our hearts that need to be changed and transformed to be in line with what God says about himself and about who we are and what he says about humanity. Can I get the second diagram? Spirit, soul, and body. So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you get your body. But what the brain is, the brain's a processor. Brain's like a computer. The brain takes your thoughts and your feelings and puts it into words touch could be cold it could be hot it could be sensitive or my feelings of excitement or my feelings of depression or sadness your brain processes those those thoughts those feelings what you experience on the physical your brain puts that into words thoughts and phrases okay next one your heart So this is where the heart is. I want to read some things here quickly. Your heart processes the thoughts and feelings of your spirit and your soul. It's like two rivers running in to where you become established. Right now, what you are gravitating towards consistently in your thought processes, in your actions, sometimes accidentally, those are the things that you truly believe in your heart. Truly believe we can have different thought processes at times. We can get our minds renewed and we want to renew our minds so we can persuade our hearts because we want to live out of a heart that's persuaded or guarded. But when pressed, when fear, when lack, all of those things come into our life. What we truly believe about God, his promises and who we are. That's really what we believe currently. But those things can change. So, like the brain, your heart puts the thoughts and the feelings of your spirit and soul into words. Your heart connects the spirit and the soul. Your entire life is going to be lived out from your heart. If you, in your heart, have a get by mentality, you're always going to get by. The Holy Spirit is always speaking to us that you can make it and you can expand your boundaries but why we don't experience that because our heart is yet to believe it but there's good news in all of this okay your heart is the seat of who you really are it's the seat of your being it's how you function it's when the thought processes and questions come up in your life that's currently what you're believing in your heart and you have some revealing questions what do do i expect good or bad things to happen consistently in the meditation of your thoughts where are you that that reveals where your heart is another one What are the strongest emotions in your heart? What kind of things do I think about most? There's a good indicator of what I'm believing in my heart. What kind of questions do I ask about myself? So the heart is the connector between what the Spirit of God is speaking consistently to your spirit, what you are gathering from the outside world, because your soul is neither good nor bad. I want to tell you that. Your soul your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's gathering information. Your soul is gathering information from the outside world. So if you're reading News 24 and you're reading politics, you're reading all of those things, your soul is gathering all of that information. And based around that information, if you've got tendencies to fear, anxiety, all of those things guess what? You start to experience that. And how does it come out? It comes out of your mouth. It comes out of your words. It comes out of your actions. So your soul ultimately was designed to hear from God. So that's why he came and cleaned out your spirit man and he made it righteous. He made it in right believing. So when the truth from your spirit when the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit, it's right, it's straight believing. Your soul experiences that as true and you act accordingly or experience something accordingly. I've spoken about the prism. If I hold up a prism or a diamond and that light that's so bright in my eye comes and hits it, the, the, the light reflects and deflects into different directions and at different colors. But if there's a straight glass of pain, then the light penetrates and comes through straight. That's a straight heart. That's your heart that, that's your spirit man that was made righteous by him as a gift. And when truth penetrates from the Holy Spirit into that, you experience the life of God. You experience the kingdom of God. So often if we're not experiencing the fruit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is because our hearts have not yet got into that place of right believing. So if you hear a certain truth about yourself, about your identity and you have grown up with different voices, different experiences, that truth comes and it bounces out. So you might be in agreement with your head, but in your heart it has not yet penetrated and become truth to you. You see, truth, when it becomes true to you, will change your life. Truth out there remains information until we apply it to our lives. So that's what the heart is, okay? So that's where it kind of is situated. And that's where it gets its information from. So we don't want, you see how far away, so we don't want the body to influence our heart. We don't want the soul only to influence our heart. We want most of the influence to be from God and the kingdom. Okay, so that's where you are. And that's why he says, let's guard this thing because out of it flow the issues of life. Number, number one, guys this is like 50 messages into 25 minutes, I don't know, but I want to plant seeds in you of this inconvenient truth of no one else is responsible for your heart but you. We as a body, we come together and we choose what to feed one another's minds. What to throw at one another's hearts. The church needs to be such a safe place that if the confession of my mouth is not like the confession of his word, we can help one another let it and, and bring it back into line. You see, you and I have got something to work with with one another. We're no longer the old nature. So we're not trying to make an old nature better. You see, the old nature died. You would get arrested if you carried an old dead man uh, On the streets, but as Christians, we do that all the time. We're carrying this old man around us, trying to revive it and trying to make it better. Where it's dead, it's died, it's buried. You and I are new, okay? So, the mentality of legalism for so long has been you better try and fix the old man because the old man and the old man he's dead. When you came to Christ, you were crucified with Christ, okay? All right, we're gonna hear that all the time, and well, especially for me. And, I, and, and, and you know what I love about Harvest? Is you, you, you're hearing profound messages about who God is in the right, in the right way, in, the, in, in truth about who he is. So therefore it redefines how I approach him. Then you hear other messages on who you can now be because of that fact. And the influence can spread around the city. Then you can, can you hear messages about how you can bring these things together. Yeah. You're going to find messages of confidence of approaching him. Of the grace of God, of the mercy of God, of the love of God, of the support of the body, of the influence of the body, of the impact of the body. Because you and I get this. Will God, what is so, is such a treasure to him. Because why? I'll get there. I've gone ahead of myself. That's why I've got notes. But God's a hard God. Listen to this. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. The Lord said to Samuel, as Samuel's looking through all David's brothers, check at this guy. He's as buff as George. Look at this guy. He's as tall as Warren. Look at the And the Lord said, no, it's not them. And then you get Ryan at the back there. It's like a George and a, a Warren together. Put up a wave at everyone, Ryan. But the Lord said, no, I'm rejecting those guys. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So he's a heart God, why? Because he wants to connect with you and I so deeply within our heart, because here, friends, this is where you hear God. This is where you hear God. You see, the Spirit of God is consistently speaking, consistently speaking, consistently speaking. When our heart's in line, we start to hear that Clearly. And it says this, Isaiah 29, 13. And friends, sometimes we just need to be honest with verses like this, like this one. It's, it might be an owie verse, but we have to be honest. It says this, Isaiah 29, 13. And the Lord said, because these people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. You see, the Father's done everything possible that our hearts never, ever have to be far from him again. Our outward behavior is meaningless apart from what's happening in our hearts. You see, the word of God, and and let me read it, because I know sometimes you guys are like, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Hebrews 4.12, listen to this. It says, for the word of God, the word of God, this is very important in your daily life. Very important with the lenses of the new covenant. It's beautiful. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit. You see, when our soul, our mind, will, and emotions is starting to lead us away from the purposes of God, back into the system of the world, the word of God comes, and it divides that. He says, now let's just separate that a bit, because the influence of the world is too much. I want the influence of the kingdom, so the word of God comes, and it just divides there. It's beautiful, it cuts and heals at the same time, and it says this, Joints and marriage, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. Because he wants to change our belief system. Amen. Amen. Number two, so number one, God's a hard God. He wants to connect with you at your heart because that's who he is. Number two, it's not your spirit and your soul. Two different Greek words, two different Hebrew words. Go and do a self-study if you don't believe me. But two things happened to you and I when we got born again. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28, it says this, a new heart. I will also give you a new spirit I'll put within you and I'll take away the stony heart of flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Friends, when you first got saved, well, this was like for me, first got saved, everything happened, everything changed, every prayer got answered. It was just so simple, it was just so easy until you meet a couple of religious people. You said, "Oh, that bubble's gonna pop," but you know, listen, my bubbles haven't popped. They pop sometimes, but you you know what, friends? What happened? What changed? You see, our heart changed again. We allowed things back into our hearts through what? Through our thoughts. You see, here's the beauty of, of of our relationship with God. We've been made brand new. We need to think now brand new. See, what's the point, friends? of having a heart change, a heart transplant, take out of us this heart of stone and puts in us a heart of flesh? What's the point of still thinking the same as we did before we were saved? I know, here's the thing, friends, you and I were wired for success when we came to God. He designed us in the mother's womb for success, but we get programmed for failure. The world system programs us and religion programs us. Oh, but it's for freedom that Christ came to set us free. Not that we can indulge any longer, but that we can actually influence the world. You know, if you and I all went and influenced the world with this gospel, Jesus would come back a lot sooner. He's waiting on us. Are we like waiting on him in some corner to come and fetch us and this bride that's fearful? No, we're going to be this powerhouse bride, and he comes to fetch us, and we like, is it time? Okay, well, there's still that to go and fetch. You know, we've done enough. We can come now. You see, that's the, that's the bride who he's coming back for. But here's the thing. 2 Corinthians 10 verse four. The warfare, friends, is the battle of your mind. You see, that's where the enemy wants to sort you because we've got so much information, so much information, so much stuff happening to us. If we don't decide I'm going to guard my heart, I'm going to guard my thought processes. And what do you guard it with? You guard it with a new covenant word of God. If you want to know who God is, we always say it. If you want to know the nature and the character of God, look at the life of Christ. We can't only go to the the epistles to see that because sometimes if we've got a twisted heart belief, we'll actually forget who the nature and the character of God is and it all becomes an outward behavior modification. But you look at the life of Jesus then you'll see. You see in me, you see in the heart of the Father. 2 Corinthians 10 says we have to. It doesn't happen for us. We need to bring those lofty things, those lies, those speculations, those strongholds back into obedience of Christ. What? What happened that he says into the obedience of Christ? Bring it back to where the finished work of Christ happened. What did he do there? There's Phenomenally, so many things that happened there. But number one, you became a new nature. Number two, the enemy of your life, he rendered powerless. The only way he's powerful back in your life is when we agree. We have to understand the authority of the believer. You understand your authority when you understand your sonship. And he carries on and he says this. I can't wait to get to this one point. Romans 12, (laughs) verse one and two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual and reasonable act of worship and service. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The word transformed is metamorphosis. Metamorphosis means to change from the inside out. Inside out. So a caterpillar has... The butterfly and the caterpillar, the butterfly was inside the caterpillar. He just had to come out and grow. You know the oak tree? Started with an acorn. The acorn didn't become the oak tree. The acorn released and facilitated growth. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to not become something, we need to facilitate who we are. That's the kingdom. What's already in him, the caterpillar, came out and grew. If there's anything that will destroy you, it is the need to become something that you're not. Now, talking to believers. Trying to become something is devastating. Trying to become righteous, trying to become holy is going to kill you. You can't. If you say you have to become something in your heart, you're saying you're not it. We have to train our hearts. God wants that tra- uh, transformation to happen. Righteousness is in this inside of you. It's you're on our job, and as a body, we help facilitate that come out. Those gifts to come out, the power to come out, transformation to come out, your unique creativity, why you were born to come out. It's there. have to change the way we think why because the mind is the doorway to your heart listen to this proverb says this as a man thinks in his heart so is he that word think comes from two Hebrew words which means doorkeeper or a god or, or, or a garrison or a sentry. a man's thoughts are the doorkeeper to his heart the doorkeeper not only determines what can get into your heart but also what comes out of your heart Although you have righteousness inside of you, healing inside of you, prosperity inside of you, peace inside of you, if you don't think of that, the doorkeeper is not going to let it out. What are you letting out? Because your doorkeeper's there. We need to replace the doorkeeper. This doorkeeper is a new covenant doorkeeper. He knows the Father. He knows Jesus, he knows Holy Spirit, he knows truth and he has to come and he has to rid that other doorkeeper because why? He wants to guard your heart well. Friends, this is our responsibility. If I can get this to you, you were given a new heart. Okay, and the Bible says that the heart is a wicked above all things. That wicked word wicked means to have footprints all over it. The world has put footprints on you. People have put footprints on you. Religion has put footprints on you. But you and I got given a new heart. Do you want more footprints on your heart? You see, a fingerprint is like, okay, fine. But a footprint, it's, it's devastating to who you are. Do you want the footprints of the world system and the way it operates on your heart? Do you want legalism as a footprint on your heart? Do you want judgment on your heart? Because... There's certain things we believe about God and it comes out of us called judgment, condemnation, shame, guilt. If we believe that that God's putting that upon us, guess what other people around us are gonna experience? Here it is, friends. You've got a new heart. Look at it as a garden. You need to put in the army, what's the English word? Poikifakal. It's not a swear word. It's not a swear word. <laughs> huh? Anyway, in the army, that's why I learned Afrikaans very quickly. A drift flare. drift flare, that's it. So there's a wire attached to two trees. If you go over that, the bombs fly, the warning signs go up, the alarms go off. So when a thought or someone who is telling you who you are not according to the word of God is telling you what you need to do to try and gain favor with the father or he's putting stuff on you because you haven't You don't really look like a perfect Christian yet. When they get close, that goes off. Because why? You wanna protect your heart. Look at this beautiful garden. It's tended, it's kept. It's made beautiful. The seeds of the kingdom are there. And then you get someone to come and jump on your garden. No, don't let it happen. Put a century with a fiery sword of the word of God around that thing. Put your friends around your heart that won't allow mess and nonsense to come into your mindset. Friends, we can, that's what the body is. That's who we, you and I are. You have to protect your heart. You have to guard it above everything that you do. Guard this brand new beautiful thing that God has given you as a gift. He's given you the gift of righteousness. He's given you a brand new heart. The influence comes from the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is within you. Why do we want the influence from anything else? But here's it. We have to get fierce over this, guys. Do you want those patterns to continue? Do you want when someone presses you that this anger comes out of you or this rejection comes out of you or the shame comes out of you and stops you from doing what God has called you to do? The world will continually do that. The enemy will continually do that. But we can stop it by putting the right God, the right century, a garrison around our hearts. So no longer I'm affected. This world needs secure sons and daughters of God. That was a whole bunch of fun right there. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians 4, 17. I urge you, I beseech you. No longer think like the Gentiles do or unbelievers do in the futility of their thinking. They are separated from the very life of God. Through the hardness of heart. And the Bible says, you however did not come to know Christ this way. You were taught with, with accordance with the truth that is in Christ. That's where you were taught. Then he says, now I've taught you how to put your former way of life off. Put it off and put on the new which is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Guard your heart above all else. Don't let someone take advantage of your heart. Parents, we're shaping our children's hearts all the time. And we look at their behavior sometimes and we tell them that they are their behavior. They're not their behavior. Their identity comes from our words that shape them. That is what the Bible calls discipline. We're discipling and disciplining. Husbands and wives, when we're acting, Strangely with one another. And it's easier to tell each other exactly what we're doing. Look, there's healthy communication, I understand that. But friends, at the end, when you're kissing and making up, it's the words of our mouths that shape each other's hearts. You see, to get a heart belief, you need the right information and you need an experience attached. It becomes a heart belief. You know what beliefs you had in your heart based around how you grew up and how people shaped you with their words and with authority and with rejection rejection, with anger those things shaped you. Now you base your value of those words instead of your value and our self-worth of the Father and what he says about you and I. Number three, our heart is, is the part of us that always wants to express itself. Matthew 12, 34, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak of good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The message says it this way, it's your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. If we got things hidden in our hearts, the natural reality of the kingdom within us is to express them and confess them. But because the church hasn't been a safe place, we haven't come to the place of confessing with one another. The Bible says this, confess one to another that you may be healed. But we feel we're going to come to condemnation or judgment based around our behavior. Therefore, we don't come because who wants to live under shame, condemnation, and guilt? We want to take each other from the place of transformation to change, that to celebrate one another when when the gifts and the call of God are ripping through humanity, bringing the kingdom of God. But you see, confession is so good. It's a deep-seated need and desire in every single one of us. And I do it to my mates. All the time, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on, this is what I said, this is what I did to my wife, these are the thoughts and intentions of my heart, this is the temptation that I've been going through. I confess it because I don't want it to be rooted in my heart, because shame, guilt and condemnation and the enemy want to say, don't go and expose yourself. But you know what the Bible says, when light comes, it exposes the darkness. This is the verdict, light has come. Friends, find safe places that you can go to, because why? I'm not dealing with an old nature, I'm dealing with a new nature that can always point you back to that place. Always point you back to that place. Regardless of our attempts at self-control, if there's deceit, adultery, hatred, anger, bitterness, or any vile thing in our heart, it will leak out into words and behavior. All habitual problems can only be permanently resolved when it's dealt with at a heart level. Prisons. So, guys have been found going through a trial. They plead innocent, innocent, innocent. Okay, all the facts stand against them. They go to prison. As soon as they go to prison, they tell their cellmate what they did. But a deep seated need to confess. Can't go anywhere now. Truth needs to come out. Kids. You now, my kids. They run to me. This is what I did, and this is what my brother and sister and all. There's a deep-seated need to get it out. Because why? We're placing something within their identity that they know, oh, no, that wasn't right. I need to tell someone. And I know where to go is a safe place. But before I understood this, I had fear of punishment as my mandate instead of a heart-to-heart connection. Guess where? They never came to me. But now it's because it's heart-to-heart connection. It's a safe place. They run. You want to confess. Friends, a church has to be a safe place. You have a safe place with one another. This is who we are. Because you find a safe place here, yeah, you'll be a safe place for somebody else. And you know what? I've got mates who do a whole bunch of stuff. I do not agree with their behavior. Never. But I never ever judge them for it. Because why? I always bring them back to the place of this is who you are. This is who you are. If you act differently according to this, that's your responsibility. But here's the truth about who you are. Luke 6. Good manner, the good treasure of his heart will bring forth good. And the evil manner, the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Don't eat, Proverbs 23, the bread of the miser or desire his delicacies for what well, he thinks in his heart so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but in his heart is not with you. When you've got a heart that con- that's convinced of truth, people can't take advantage of you. Because the gifts of God, discernment, knowledge, wisdom, are all at such a high level of what, we, what I want to say is normal Christian living. But we've lived under a mandate of abnormal Christian living for so long because we haven't operated at a heart level that has said, this is what's true. What you're gravitating to right now is what you truly believe in your heart. The heart is the place where everything flows. The heart is the place, number four, where I believe in those beliefs affect everything within me. It's the master controller of my life. A man with a crooked heart I've said a distorted bent or has footprints on it can find no good. Friends, if we don't allow and protect our hearts and more footprints come on. Guess what? You be as a believer, but your heart is still bent because of hurt and pain, shame, guilt, whatever it is. We can find no good. You're not going to find good, in your, you're not going to find good about yourself. And your self-talk is so important. You're not going to find good about people around you. You're not going to find good about your country. You're not going to find good about anything else. But that's what the Bible says. If it's bent, if it's crooked, you can't find good. But when it becomes straight, you see the good everywhere. Why? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. When we sing from his perspective, it doesn't matter where people are, how they are and what's going on in life. We'll be able to see the purposes, the prophetic purposes in people's lives. You'll Get your heart right. Get the posture of this beautiful heart that is yours. Protect it. Don't let people abuse it. You see, friends, we only allow... Abuse in our lives based around the things we no longer value. David says this. God, why are you so mindful of man? That you would crown him with glory and honor, splendor and dignity. Those words as dignity and worth. That you created him a little lower than the Godhead themselves. And then gives the mandate in Psalm 8. Think of something that you value. What do you do with something that you value? Could you start valuing your heart? Could you start valuing the other person's heart that's next to you? Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Issues, that word issues, equals boundaries. And friends, it's not boundaries outside of us, it's boundaries within us. The only way we can cease from being a slave to my present boundaries or issues is to expand the boundaries of my heart. And the only way you protect your heart with kingdom realities is you guard your heart. But you know what I do in certain things? Concerning my identity, concerning healing, concerning peace, concerning... There's a whole lot of the names of God that I'm convinced of. But just this last year, I've had to convince myself of God's goodness concerning prosperity more than any time in my entire life. So what I do is I take the scriptures. I've got one here, I know I found it in my Bible this morning. But what I would do is... I is I go and I make my prayer personal with the Father because that's where my connection point is. I enter the courts with thanksgiving, these gates with praise. I enter by worshiping him, by acknowledging his name to be true. So this one's about the presence of God. But what I do is, whatever works for you, friends, you need to do to govern your own heart. I I, I sit or I go lie down uh, I take the word of God and I let it penetrate my mindset because I might not be feeling it. And I expand my heart beyond my current circumstances because if I can get my heart to believe beyond my circumstances, my circumstances will catch up to where my heart is governed. So I go there, I make it personal. I thank you, Father, that you are so present by your spirit. You are with me always. And it's based around scripture. Father, I thank you that you did not leave me as an orphan. And it creates such intimacy because it's his truth based around the finished work of Jesus and not me. Because if I had to go based around my performance, I have to change my performance before I can approach him. But if I approach him on the basis of his word, it changes my heart. And guess what, friends? I get to experience him in that place. And and then to experience the unconditional realities of agape love, I come out differently. This generation is a generation that understands the new covenant word of God, who's in a relationship with the Spirit of God and will guard their hearts fiercely. You're focusing on your external is not going to move your boundaries. It's focusing on what God has done. I love this. For us to move mountains and see things the way God does is to see his world and his view and opinion in our own hearts. And I felt God speak to me after the first service. He says, share this scripture from Zechariah two five. He says, I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. That word glory is view and opinion, which is reality. <laughs> Guard your heart with the view and opinion of God, which is reality, above all else that you do. Because out of it will flow the kingdom boundaries and kingdom issues of life. It's so beautiful. Taking God's word. You see, friends, no ceasefire plane. Go to war against your mind. Because why? You're worth it. And your heart's worth it. And the people you're gonna meet are worth it. We want to change things externally. And it's like when they created the most devastating bomb. They didn't make it a rocket and pack a whole bunch of CNC on it. No, they split an atom. It happened at the most finite, tiny moment. You can't even see it. And they made this atom bomb that destroyed a nation. Imagine if you and I could go into the depths of our heart at the smallest, most detailed level to change our hearts through the word of God. Let that word come and divide spirit and soul. Let it judge the thoughts and the intention of your heart because God wants us to partner when we read the word of God. And I'm nearly done. You see, friends, if I see myself as a mountain mover, I'm gonna move mountains. If I don't see myself as a mountain mover, it's unlikely I'm gonna muster enough faith to even move a molehill. In my heart. Because that's where your boundaries are. The heart always moves within the boundaries I have set which are harmonious with my identity. We have to expand the boundaries of our hearts to see ourselves in the light of the new creation. And guess what friends? It started the moment we gave our lives to Jesus. Romans 10.9 it says this. It is a word of faith which is found in your hearts and your mouth. Do not say in your heart who's going to ascend to heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above. Or he, who will descend to the abyss, that is, bring Christ up from the dead. But what shall I say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Because guess what? He placed the laws of Christ in your heart when he gave you a new heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, healed, delivered, blessed, prospered, protected, set apart, and made whole. Friends, understanding the heart, I trust there's some degree of impartation and revelation to you today because that is the real you. It's who you are. We might have times that we rise above the level of our hearts and go below the level of our hearts. But we're always going to rise to the level of our hearts. And if we want change, we have to take some form of responsibility and say, this is my heart. And I'm responsible for it. The more I take responsibility for my heart, the more tangibly I experience the kingdom of God in every sphere. Unfair advantage of an inconvenient truth. The kingdom of God is within you. You are the miraculous. You are the supernatural wonder of God on the face of this earth. We choose to believe. Let's stand together.